Hello. Welcome. Have you heard the good news about our new intro? Is it new? Great. I, um, (laughs) fun fact, that was a surprise to Sophia. I am Kat. I use they, them pronouns. I'm Sophia. I use she, her pronouns. I think we should do hi, hello, welcome. Have you heard the news about insert topic here? And then, and it's it's not like one of our news articles. It's like whatever we're opening with. Ooh, Um, have you heard the good news about my bad back? I don't know if that's good news. (laughs) But then I'm I'm working on a new musical intro because our old musical intro is bland and boring and a whole different vibe than what we're going for now. So that's so fun. I'm making a new musical intro. Hopefully it will be ready in time for this episode, which is going up on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Um, And speaking of Thanksgiving, I think that, listen, my family does not celebrate Thanksgiving in the, this is the fake story of how our ancestors came to the land because um, my ancestors didn't. I'm Jewish. We came from Russia. And also, that story is full of wild historical inaccuracies, and it represents the start of a genocide against indigenous people in the United States. So I thought it would be important for us to acknowledge at the beginning of this episode that, while yes, I will be, my article specifically is very related to Thanksgiving, I think it's important for us to acknowledge that we are living on land that was stolen from the indigenous people, they were murdered, and it was the beginning of Thanksgiving represents the beginning of a genocide and that's not good news, but it's important news mm-hmm. and it's important for us to talk about it. So there it is. Yeah. Um, my perspective on Thanksgiving is it gives my relatives an excuse to get together and eat a lot of food that doesn't involve a sports game. And that's why <laughs> I like it. <laughs> and it's also, um, it's like it like Halloween. I appreciate it in the sense that it's not a religious holiday, but it's still a time when people get together and especially Thanksgiving. The the stories behind it are fake. We are living on stolen land, but that at the same time it is a good reminder to be grateful for the good things and hopeful that the bad things will pass. I could not agree more. And in a wild and rapid change of pace, I'm home again. You are. I've moved. You have. I am no longer in the middle of bumfuck nowhere Vermont. So your web connection is stronger. That too. (laughs) Hopefully we'll have less um, competing speech because... Uh, we'll be able to talk better. <laughs> yeah. We we will be able to hear each other in real time, theoretically, hopefully, knock on wood, and therefore crosstalk will be greatly reduced, hopefully. That's what it's called. Knock on wood. That's what it's called. I was like, there's a word for it, and I don't know what it is. But my my mother and brother are currently in the kitchen. My dad's on the couch. They're making a pie. Nice. Um, I spent all of this afternoon... I don't know if you're going to keep in the part about my back pain, but I threw my back out while moving from my house in Vermont. And so I spent all day pretty much sitting in one chair just chopping things for my mother and peeling apples. 
Incredible. But in one spot. Um. And then we played D&D together. Yeah. And that was fun. I love D&D. Um, what I would like to talk about in the opening is food before we get to our news stories. Because there's mm. like, um, first of all, I, so I, there are five people at my Thanksgiving because my household is five people and we're not like doing outside of high household. We are going to do a Zoom call with some of my cousins. Um, but my we mom are is also making, going to do the same thing. My mother is making spanakopita and turkey and stuffing. And then she has some store-bought pies that aren't gluten-free. And I am bringing gluten-free garlic knots, uh, potatoes gratin. Yes? Put it in my mouth. I want one. I haven't made them yet. We'll see how they turn out. Um, oh, and I'm also making a gluten-free s'mores cheesecake. Which is graham cracker crust, chocolate filling, marshmallow, toasted marshmallow topping. Hang on a second. Sorry. Something in me has been sparked by graham crackers. You know about the inventor of the graham cracker, right? That was the trying to prevent masturbation, right? Yep. Which, Which is an article. If people are interested, there is an article on it from the Atlantic that's very good that I might read. Not today. That's not what the article I found was about. But, yeah, the inventor of the graham cracker was like, I'm going to make a food so boring people won't masturbate. Which, the premise of that, like, I don't want to get too deep into this. Don't want to get too blue. But the, the implication is that other foods made the inventor of the graham cracker want to masturbate. Oh, I had not thought about that implication. Well, in this article, it was talking about how in the 70s, before, like, fad diets existed to look good, good by society's standards, because Mm -hmm. dieting is fake, and it's about Mm -hmm. a, it's about a a centimeter away from an eating disorder, Mm -hmm. and, which is also not good news, so whatever, but hot takes in this episode. I have strong opinions about food culture. (laughs) Well, we don't have to talk about but that. But we do not need to get into them. <laughs> um, the the fad diets were like religious diets. They were like diets to like get Jesus or whatever. Interesting. Which is so weird to me. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So what are you making for Thanksgiving? So I, my mother, since we are also doing a baby Thanksgiving, because mm-hmm. again, we're not seeing people outside of our, our immediate family. We're not having people over because we're responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, my original plan was I was going to make a pumpkin cheesecake trifle, but then my mom was like, we've got three pies that we're making. So um, I'm in charge of all of the green things for dinner. So I'm doing Ooh. a Brussels sprouts and I'm doing green beans. Nice. But I also helped with, like, the pies and the stuffing. So it's not... Mm. My mom was sitting right before we came to play D&D. My mom was standing at the stove finishing off the stuffing. And she was like, you know, I'm pretty sure I would have killed myself if I hadn't had your help today. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay, mom. <laughs> my mom came to the sudden realization that the turkey needs to go in earlier than she expected. While we were on the phone together and was like, I don't want to get up that early. And I was like, how early do you need to get up for a 3 p.m. dinner? Also, also speaking of our mothers, mm-hmm. next week or the week after, we are potentially having a mom's special 
of our podcast. Hopefully. Hopefully. I need to do some bribery to get my mother on board. Just tell her Um, my mom's going to be there and she can be drunk and she'll do it. My mom is very (laughs) nervous about having people on the internet hear her speak. We could disguise her voice. (laughs) Um, Oh, but speaking of my mother and food, um, my mom was on the local news recently. Like she wasn't she was in the background of a bunch of footage because she went with her church to volunteer to make uh, like Thanksgiving boxes of food for people to come get like oh for people who like need food. Um, And it's, like, turkeys and, like, sides and stuff. And my mom was, like, assembling boxes in the background of the news coverage of it. Aw, good for your mom. She sent me the news clip, and I took screenshots of every time she appeared in the background. And it's really funny, because there's several... I have several blurry screen caps of the background of this news program, where my mom is, like, super small and blurry (laughs) in the background walking by. This is like my, um, my mom's cousin's wife. Oh my god, I I heard that car go by. Um, my mom's cousin's wife, Seven, who I can only describe their relationship as they are lesbians. With like a capital E, a capital L and E. (laughs) Um, I, you, maybe cut out their names, I don't know, but there's this footage of my, my, I guess, whatever, I call, call her an aunt, close enough, my aunt's wife, um, who one, one particularly snowy winter, they live in the Boston area, was Mm -hmm. snow snow blowing their yard and their, like, the several neighbors around them, Mm -hmm. and was asked if they wanted to be on the local news, and they straight up were like, no, I have work, goodbye. (laughs) That's so good. But it's on, like, video. (laughs) Anyway, wait, I want you to go first this week. Oh, mixing things up. My God, up. I don't know if my mic picked that up, but my mom just sneezed very loudly in the Incredible. other room. I really hope my mic got that. Also, I have tea, and I really like recording with a with a mug of tea. Yeah. Gotta keep my your, hands. Gotta keep your throat all, all nice and wet. <laughs> I guess. Um. Okay, so I have several oh wait what were the articles that you were going to read last week and then didn't um so i only have like one that i'm like i'm i like this was gonna be my backup for this week if i couldn't find anything but then i did find something that made me really happy but um the article i was gonna read last week but then didn't was uh baby yoda plays key role on historic spacex mission to international space station oh that's adorable um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do a quick summary, and it's basically, um, so this article is CBS News, the article is by Sophie Lewis, and the, the general, like, explanation is, uh, they have little toys as gravity indicators when they are traveling to the International Space Station, and the toys that they used in this launch were Baby Yoda. That's amazing. My father is in the room, and I'm glaring at him. Tell him I say hi. 
Cat says hi. Hi, Cat. Yeah, my dad has made an appearance on the podcast. Hallelujah. What's the good news tonight? Um, well, we were just talking about Baby Yoda on the space station, but um, it's a surprise. You'll have to listen. Pretty much anything having to do with Yoda or Baby Yoda is good news. He has a very good point. Okay. Um, that was the only one that I was like thinking about for last week, one or maybe this week second. as my backup. What? what would you like on your pizza? I don't care. Hawaiian. Um, I don't love. Actually, I do care. <laughs> Not Hawaiian. Um, vegetables of any kind, olives. Sans ma- anything's anything without mushrooms is fine. Olives. Olives are a plus. We're getting pizza the night before Thanksgiving because none of us want to cook. <laughs> nice. I'm probably going to eat leftover macaroni casserole. I needed to go to the grocery store like desperately a couple days ago. And my mom was like, don't order takeout. Make yourself some food. So I made like a mac and cheese tuna casserole with frozen Mm. peas. Nice. It was good. And I have too much of it left over. So that's what I've been eating pretty much every meal that I don't want to cook. It sounds good. Apart from I'm not the biggest fan of canned tuna. But. Fair. C'est la vie. You gotta do what you gotta do. You like canned tuna, so yee. Who am I to care? Anyway, um, you. So this article comes to us from the Scotsman, which is a the Scottish Scotsman. a Scottish Ooh, newspaper, a Scottish publication. I was listening to um, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, and they were talking about one of the people who was on the show is Irish this past week, mm-hmm. and was talking about how the national dolphin of Ireland is has gone missing. <laughs> There's so much to unpack there. Missing dolphin in Ireland. Hang on. I, m- Ireland more... Oh, Fungi the dolphin. <laughs> I'm so sad that he's missing, but I'm so glad to learn his name. Yeah, from Dingle Harbor. I love Ireland. Oh my Irish listeners, I am really sorry for your loss about Fungi the dolphin, but also... Dingle Harbor. Dingle Harbor. And his name is Fungi. Anyway. Okay. It's not good news that he's missing, but it is very Irish and it is, it's funny. Um, so my, my article is Scotland becomes the first country to have universal free period products. That is good news. Holy cow. Uh, Scotland has become the first country in the world to introduce free universal access to period products after a new law was passed in Holyrood. Holyrood tonight, though the NSP behind the legislation has said it is just the first step in ending the stigma of menstruation in Scottish society. Fuck yes. Hell yeah. Um, a lot of the article does not necessarily use gender neutral language, but I am going to because, you know, because... Um, Anybody can have a period. Anybody can have a period. And universally, it sucks for all of us. Yup. <laughs> MSPs at the Scottish Parliament unanimous, oh my goodness, unanimously approved a bill brought forward by Labour Health spokeswoman Monica Lennon, bringing in the le- legal right of free access to items such as tampons and sanitary pads. Her bill was passed by 121 votes to zero after winning the support of the Scottish government and other opposition parties in Holyrood. 
Miss Lennon, who has campaigned for period products to be made free in public toilets and workplaces, said the period products free provision Scotland bill was a practical and progressive piece of legislation made all the more vital because of the coronavirus pandemic. She said periods don't stop for pandemics and the work to improve access to essential tampons, pads and reusables has never been more important. The sanitary products free provision Scotland bill. That's a mouthful, <laughs> huh? Can you read it again? The sanitary products in parentheses free provision in parentheses Scotland bill produce oh introduces a legal right of free access to tampons and sanitary pads in schools, colleges, universities, and other public buildings. However, Miss Lennon said that while the legislation was world-leading and groundbreaking, schools should offer menstruation education to all pupils to end the stigma of periods, and that she would work with the trade unions to improve period dignity in workplaces. Hell yes. I love that. Yeah. Her members- I feel like... I don't know if I said this last week about about the different ways we pick articles. About yours are wholesome and mine are buck wild. <laughs> and I feel like the article that I have for this week, I don't want to spoil too much of it, but it's on the complete opposite end of the good news spectrum. <laughs> so the way I pick articles is I go through, first I go through like entertainment and magazine articles from New York Times and then I go through categories at random that I think might have good news, just looking nice. for something that catches my attention. And then if I can't, I go on Twitter. Nice. I mine. I get a lot from Facebook. And I feel like maybe this year, you know what? If anybody wants to sponsor the show, show so the show can subscribe to news media, that'd be great. Her bill, her, meaning uh, Miss Lennon. Members' bill reached the final stage of becoming law despite initial opposition and ministers arguing that the cost could greatly exceed the estimated nine, nope, nine point, yes, nine, goodness. Reading numbers is hard. Reading numbers is, I have had problems in reading numbers in every single language I've spoken, including English. Uh... Uh, ministers arguing that the cost could greatly exceed the estimated 9.7 million pounds a year. Speaking ahead of the debate, Miss Lennon said she was optimistic that other countries would follow. Free access to period products is already happening in many places in Scotland, but this legislation will embed the process made so far. Sorry, embed the progress made so far and expand it further, she said. Once access to period products is secured for all, our next step must be ensuring women's health in general remain our next steps must be ensuring women's health in general remains high on the political agenda in Scotland and that we end all stigma around menstruation. So like people with periods health. Um, yes, this yes, should yes, start yes, with yes. Menstru- <laughs> menstrual well-being education in all schools. Scotland is an example of best practice. And there is an opportunity for other countries around the world to learn from what we have achieved on period poverty in just a few short years. The bill was introduced by Miss Lennon last year following years of campaigning to end period poverty, an issue highlighted by the Trussell Trust, Trussell Trust Scotland, after it found many women and girls accessing its food banks were also in need of sanitary, pro- well, many people with periods accessing its food banks were also in need of sanitary products. 
It was also a theme of Ken Loach's 2016 movie, I Am Daniel Blake. It will ensure free period products can be accessed by anyone who needs them, including in schools, colleges, and universities. Um, the, a lot of this article just reiterates that kind of idea. Um, but uh, Miss Lennon also said, thanks to a bold grassroots campaign and cross-party support, Scotland has already taken great strides to improve access to period products. Legislation is a world-leading opportunity to secure period dignity for all women, girls, and people who menstruate. That was in yes. the quote. Women, girls, and people who menstruate. Hell fucking yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, thousands of supporters have played a part, including people who shared their experiences of period poverty, and I am grateful to them all. That's amazing. Hell yeah. Good for Scotland. Period hey, Joe, Bi- are Joe Biden, if you're hella listening. expensive, and it's like one of the most requested things at most food banks. So if you are able to, uh, this winter especially, because, you know, Winter is hard on everybody. Uh, please donate money and or period products to your local homeless organizations. Yes, I could not agree more. And Joe Biden or any local legislators, if you are listening, um, make period products free or just cheaper. Yeah. Let's do that. Is there a, and- is there a negative tax that can be applied? <laughs> Uh, God, that's, that's a good idea, though. I'm looking at the, the, the headlines of the articles that I'm, I'm going to read for our, um, our middle section. The middle bit. The middle part. Um, but before I get to that, any people who are listening who'd like to sponsor the show, this is where your sponsorship will go. Or this is where we'll talk about our Patreon, if we get a Patreon. Uh, which you guys will be the first to hear about. I don't know what tiers we'd have or what we'd do, but... We'll figure, we'd fig- we'd figure it out. One, that. Two, please go leave a five-star review for us on iTunes. We greatly appreciate it. Yeah. And to all our domestic and international listeners, thank you as well. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. Tell a friend about our show, um, please. Yes. Um, because we want to share good news with as many people as possible. And I realize that that... Um, the sharing of the good news with as many people as possible uh, sounds like something missionaries would say, but we mean quite literally, we want to share with as many people as possible these wonderful news, news stories and great examples of exemplary journalism. Yes, and also, this is not a Jesus podcast. This is not a Jesus podcast. Although if you really want to fuck up a Je- somebody who's a bad Jesus follower... I don't know how to say that any different way. I think, I think that's the, 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 the correct way of saying it. Anybody who's a bad Jesus follower, send this to them as a fun prank. <laughs> Just be like, here, listen to this podcast about free it's period called, podcasts. It's called Have You Heard the Good News, which does sound Jesus-y. When I, when I first, I didn't really pitch you the idea. I said, hey, we should have a podcast where we read each other fun news articles. Let's call it Have You Heard the Good News? And then I was like, mm, that sounds like a Jesus name. Oh, well. well. During the pilot, we were really leaning into tricking Jesus-y people into listening and then giving True. them fun queer news. That was kind of the vibe we were going for. Like, our original cover our photo anymore. was... Uh, a picture I took of a mural 
in Japan of the Virgin Mary lovingly cradling a hamburger. Classic. We have now changed the vibe and energy of the show. That was June of 2019. Yeah. Things have changed. Things was that, have changed. Was that 2019 or 2018? 2019. No, it was, it was 2019. Okay. Yeah. Now for our middle bit article. It's time for the middle bit. Woo. German restaurant. German protests restaurant. Protests pandemic lockdowns with stuffed pandas. Not... Like like stuffed animal pandas. Yeah. Protests. Well, I my guess is that they are upset about the restaurants being once again closed because mm-hmm. of a second wave. Because everywhere except New Zealand is experienced a second wave. Except New Zealand really did never experience a first wave to begin with. Yeah. So, but um, this restaurant there's pictures of it. This restaurant in Frankfurt, Frankfurt, for all of you non-German speaking people out there, has filled every seat of their restaurant with a stuffed panda because they are upset That's that restaurants have to be closed again. So cute. If anything that would that would um if I thought that me going to a restaurant even if it were safe to go to restaurants if I thought that me going to a restaurant meant that there would be fewer stuffed pandas sitting in the restaurant, I wouldn't go. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's valid. This video that the, I guess the restaurant tweeted, I'm watching it right now, I'll send it in our in our chat, is hysterical because the they're like treating the pandas like, like they're actual, actually ordering that's very good it's very good but that is not the article i have brought for you today okay the article i've brought to you is in fact a trip into flavortown (gasps) because you know how much i love flavortown this article from chelsea davis from insider is headlined i cooked an entire thanksgiving dinner using only guy fieri recipes and it was a 10 hour roller coaster through flavor town first of all if we've talked on this show no i don't think we have i love guy fieri we both love you slightly more than me i think (laughs) i'm a little bit low-key obsessed with guy fieri listen Um, guy fieri much like dave grohl um also Adele. Can I say that? Yes, you can. Is that illegal? <laughs> is that allowed? <laughs> is, this a, um, is this allowed? I don't know if it's yeah. too controversial. <laughs> That's what it was. Um, I just... So here's my thing. My Guy Fieri spiel. I grew up with one of my, like, one of the, like, shows that I would watch with my dad. Because, like, I have shows I watch with my mom and shows I watch with my sister. But whenever my dad and I are trying to decide what to watch, it's, like, hard for us to find something. There are always episodes of uh, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives or Guys Grocery Games that you can find. And my dad and I both love them, like, a lot. 
so we always watch them together and talk about uh we we used to like plan road trips around places he would go that we wanted to visit and we never did any of them but we keep saying once the pandemic's over we're gonna try and go to all of the massachusetts places that guy fieri has ever been to on diners drive-ins and dives um i just I love the show. I love his Buckwild style choices and his enthusiasm. But the thing I love most about Guy you Fieri. You about to talk about how he's a gay ally? Is he is he goes so hard for queer people. For those of you who don't know, he had a sister who is, has unfortunately passed away who was a lesbian. And he uh married 101 gay couples in florida right when it became legal um and he fought for his sister's partner's rights to retain uh like um parental rights over their kid yeah and he also like does he he's done so many like charity things for gay people but he also like cooked meals for firefighters during the california wildfires if you yeah. haven't heard about the um, Reref, which is the Restaurant Employee Relief Fund um, that he founded to get restaurant employees who lost their jobs because of the pandemic money. Um, no, he's truly like, I know people like to dunk on him because he's, he's a silly, funny, goofy man. He's got funny hair and he's kind of a goofball. But like genuinely, this is why I picked this article. But, like, genuinely, Guy Fieri, I think, is truly one of the most unproblematic celebrities who's ever lived. Like, he's just... Also, his shows are really good and fun. Yes, they're so much fun. He has a... um, He has a tattoo of his sister on him, and he says that the more people get to... The more people know each other, the happier people are, which I could not agree with more. Um... And he's just an amazing guy. And shall we read this article about yes. a ten a ten hour trip through Flavortown? As we all know, Guy Fieri, diners, drive-ins, and dives. His fun hair. Also, I was planning on dressing up like Guy Fieri for Halloween. This is in the pre-COVID days. I was gonna get a, a rainbow flame shirt, and I was gonna be gay. And I was gonna be Gay Fieri. Incredible. Didn't pan out because the shirt was like 60 bucks. So I decided not to. Um, So this chef um, says, uh, I tried out five of the mayor of Flavortown's Thanksgiving recipes. After all, I can't, after all, it can't just be his bold personality and zany sense of style that propelled him to international stardom. Keep reading to join me on a nearly 10-hour journey in which I shopped for four, shopped for and cooked five Guy Fieri dishes in one day and stayed for the end and stay for the end for when I finally dig in and review each dish. So, what the hell is she cooking? Well, she cooked, she who I believe is Chelsea Davis who wrote the article. Mm-hmm. Is cooking Guy Fieri's turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, cranberry sauce, and pecan pie. Incredible. Which, honestly, sounds pretty great to me. That is a solid Thanksgiving smorgasbord. Yeah, our other, one of our other friends who we play D&D with lives in Scotland and is cooking, in my opinion, the three best sides, 
what did she say she was doing? She was doing stuffing, mashed potatoes, and I don't know. Oh, she was, was baking a pie. Uh, doing like D and D prep D- stuff. D- so D&D. I did not yeah. pay attention to that. Well, she's making stuffing, mashed potatoes, green beans, and I think a pumpkin pie. Which she, like, she's making a pie. I know because she had she was running late to D and D because she was finishing her pie. Yeah, which, listen, listen, come on. What's better than that? And also, a turkey is fine. Turkey's like a mediocre bird, in my opinion. It's okay. Hot, like, hot takes. I like this, sliced turkey on a sandwich, especially mm, with yeah. some like sauces and pickled. I fuck. You know what I fuck up in in, in any sandwich? Pickles. A pickle. A pickled red onion. Ooh. I fuck up a pickled red onion. Anyway, back to I Guy love Fieri. Any vegetable that is pickled. See, pickles are so good. I know people who hate pickles, and I'm I'm like I don't know if I can be your friend. I that's not true. That's really <laughs> that'd be. Can you imagine if I made my decisions on whether or not people liked pickles? Like if I'm like on a date with someone and I'm like, do you like pickles? They're like, no, I hate them. And I'm like, okay, bye. The correct response to when you're on a date and someone says they don't like pickles is, great, we need to go on sandwich dates. So I can eat Great. your pickles. Great. I'll have your pickles for the rest of your life. Which sounds like such a euphemism. It's not even funny. <laughs> I also like the implication that on a first date, you're asking them about their pickle choices. And then you're like, cool, we're going we're gonna to know each other forever so I can eat your pickles at every meal. That's the only reason. Um, anyway, so apparently grocery shopping was the most, is, was stressful um oh fuck i'm gonna start that over Gro- grocery shopping was stressful but the most time consuming part of my trip was uh was when i got to the pepper section of my list guy fieri's recipe requires pasilla peppers but all i could find in the store was a pepper labeled pasira poblano and after some googling i learned that pasillas and, uh, and poblanos are two different types of peppers Depending on where you are geographically, the poblano, oh my god, this is a really hard for my mouth. The poblano is known as the pasilla. I hope I'm saying that right. P-A-S-I-L-L-A. In, or um, instead refers to the dried version of the chalica pepper. The poblano pepper, however, is a fresh heart-shaped pepper. When dried, it becomes an ancho pepper. Wow, I'm learning so much about peppers. But a pasilla is not the same as an ancho. In fact, the poblano is a pepper that is commonly mislabeled pasilla in the United States. Pepper problems. I usually just go for jalapenos and habaneros if I want spicy. I wanted to get some peppers when I was at H Mart the other day. And... I got overwhelmed and there were too many older women who seemed to be very efficiently shopping that I was intimidated. Where were you? H Mart. Oh, that's a, that's I a, was, that's a pepper paradise. I was intimidated out of spending too long looking at peppers. So I just grabbed some, what did I grab? Who's to say? I don't remember. <laughs> we'll go to, I want to go to H Mart with you again. Yes. Have we ever been to H Mart together? We must have. We yeah right, right after we both went to Japan together, we went to H Mart together, and we ran into the... somebody else who had just been to Japan. I can't believe that's the only time we've ever been to H Mart together. It can't be right. I mean, 
I go to H-Mart a lot. I go to H-Mart a lot H-Mart is on my way to work right now. And so sometimes on my way home, I'm like, maybe I'll just swing by H-Mart. It's one of those grocery stores that I just want to go to all the time, you know? Uh, Yes. Yes. I'm going on a noodle trip to H-Mart, specifically to buy noodles. Anyway. God. I got um, a bento box from them the day I had my job interview, and I was stressing, and it made my day so much better. Oh, God. Anyway, enough, like, frothing at the mouth of Rage Mart. Um, It's more confusing. Apparently, it gets more confusing because the turkey recipe also called for the pasilla to be blackened, which wouldn't make sense if it's already technically a dried pepper. So, eh. Um, Whatever the case, I think the blackened, uh, I think that blackening and either fresh poblano or chiquilla, chilica pepper is what the recipe meant. After an hour of grocery shopping while researching peppers, I just bought the pasilla poblano for the best results. Ooh, I've received a package. Thank you, Father. I wonder what's in it. Oh my god, this is from somebody I play D&D with. I'll open this later. <laughs> um, they were on this, the, the, the writer was unable to find the chipotle chili pepper in adobo sauce I needed for the cranberry recipe, but more on that later. Um, once shopping was done, I quickly learned that cooking a turkey is no joke. No, it's not. This is the first time they've ever cooked a turkey, and... Quote, let me tell you, the amount of work that goes into prepping a turkey is stressful, especially when your bird is frozen. Oh, boy. Oof. (laughs) Ooh. First off, my turkey needed to defrost. Since I did not plan ahead, I submerged my 13-pound turkey in a sink full of ice water overnight and drained, draining it and refilling it as much as I could before I went to sleep. I also did not plan for 8 to 10 hours of brine, of brine time the turkey needed. As a straight-up newbie, prepping this turkey feast, my time management was off to a terrible start. That's the one thing I feel like I've learned I have a question going in. Yeah. Um, So when you are thinking about doing a recipe, do you get the ingredients and then like read through the instructions or do you read through the whole recipe before you plan it out? I don't think I do either one. I think I okay. read the the title of the recipe and go, that looks good. And then I look at the ingredients and I'm like, I think I have these. And then I just start. And most of the time I'm missing a bunch of stuff. Chaotic. I <laughs> used to be like, okay, all I need to worry about in a recipe before I start making it is the ingredients. But... No. As I got really into baking specifically, um, I started being like, oh, I need to read the whole recipe before I start. Otherwise, I'm going to run into trouble. I was talking to my work supervisor and I was talking about, I was asking a question and halfway through the question, I was also reading the thing he had sent me earlier. And halfway through asking my question, I was like, you know what? Never mind. You answered this in the thing. And I was, he was like, yep, it helps to read. And I was like, you know what, Aaron? I'm dyslexic. I can't read. Anyway, good news is 
Speaking of good news in this podcast, making a brine for a turkey is pretty easy. I don't know. We dry brine our turkey, so who's to say? My, I've never made a turkey. My, like my family, because I have, I have a big family. And so normally whoever is hosting Thanksgiving makes the turkey. And we haven't hosted since I was much, much younger. Because normally we all drive out to my uncle's place and we, uh, he does the turkey. Um, so I've never, I never really thought about how much goes into a turkey until I was watching um, the Making Perfect Thanksgiving from Bon Appetit, like mm. last year. R.I.P. to Bon Appetit real quick. <laughs> Rip. Yep. Anyway. Watch yeah, no. um, Binging with Babish, which with um sola with sola i love her very much she's also on food 52 and so is rick martinez Ooh, i love rick martinez yeah he has got a show about um sweet and spicy because it's his favorite flavor combination which That's honestly one he's of my correct. favorite flavor he's correct <laughs> yeah um i have also never made a i mean i've been around my mom likes making turkey i don't know why but I, I listen. I love Thanksgiving. Hang on, I really, really want to open this package. Hold okay. up, pause. <laughs> and uh, Miss Ella is here now. Okay, I just opened my friend's package that um, he sent to me. So they are making a dry brine and Guy Fieri's or wet brine. Guy Fieri's wet brine includes agave syrup, red pepper flakes, garlic cloves, red red peppercorns, black peppercorns, not red peppercorns. Oh, a tail. Um. And bay leaf and salt. And you put that all in a pot with two cups of water and you wait for it all to di- the salt to dissolve. And then you put it on the turkey, which was apparently Guy Fieri's turkey was supposed to take 25 minutes to prep. But I was an hour in and still hadn't made the stuffing. Seems about, honestly seems about right. That's about where I would be. That's, that's a mood. I'm an explosion. I don't know if people... Or you have been watching the Great British Baking Show this season. But um, I am like a certain contestant whose name is Laura. Whenever I do anything in the kitchen, everything is everywhere. And not that that's bad, but it's just, it's a lot. (laughs) I have gotten really good at cooking in small spaces because dorms. um, Because I lived in dorms in college and would cook. I made my freshman year of college, for Thanksgiving specifically... I made, I didn't go home for Thanksgiving. No, no, this was Easter. I didn't go home for Easter, but I was missing Greek food. So in a dorm room, I made a spanakopita. Oh my God, that's impressive. I've made, um, my school was lucky enough that some of the residence halls, because we don't call them dormitories, had um, kitchens. And the one that I lived right next door to had a kitchen. And so I made latkes in a kitchen which, um, for people who've never made latkes before, they're a process involving a lot of hot oil. So they're very scary, but they're very good. Anyway. I've definitely said this on the podcast before, but I would kill a man for your mother's latkes. <gasps> I'll be sure to pass along that information. I would kill a man for your mom's spanakopita. So it's it just goes to show you, when moms know how to make good food, or really anybody knows how to make good food, it's something special. Anyway, turkey time. I finally found um, 
Okay, one one more thing. Very quickly. Go for it. Um, so when my grandmother died, my mom didn't want any of her recipe. Or no, not before my grand. When my great grandmother died, we lost a bunch of her recipes, which was very sad. And my mom didn't want that to happen, so she spent years hounding my grandmother to write down all of the recipes. And when my grandmother died, she presented each one of my mother presented each one of my grandmother's grandkids with a binder filled with my grandmother's recipes with a picture (gasps) of her on the cover. And I found it when I was cleaning the other day and I was very excited because I really want to make some of the recipes in there. My mom, I should get my mom to like digitize and type up her cookbook because my mom has like a, a like a little notebook full of recipes. Anyway, let's. We can have more mom talk when our moms are on the podcast. Yeah. I'm actually really excited about having our moms on the show. You got to get your mom to bully my mom into doing it. I can make that happen. Excellent. Just tell your mom that she can be drunk and it'll be okay. I told her she's she's just nervous. <laughs> it's okay. I get that. I mean, I don't because I do this like every week, but I get that. Um, so... Uh, to, God, my dictionary thing opened on my, on my desktop. That was weird. Um, to prepare my thawed turkey for the brine, I rinsed it in the sink, which was a slippery and gross process. But after the initial ew phase, which is great way of talking about that, uh, working the turkey became, uh, a fun and challenging experience. As the best experiences are, both fun and challenging. Absolutely. Um, uh, she's saying she wished she'd brought, bought a proper brine bag instead of the bag that she had brought and um, put it in a gigantic pot. And I will continue moving on because this is a really long article. Mm-hmm. Um, preparing the pepper for the turkey's stuffing was time consuming but not difficult. Um, put them over the put them in the oven under the broil setting and then peeled off all the blackened charred bits. That came off and was left with lovely roasted spicy peppers, which, mm, uh, once the peppers were ready, I moved on to the other stuffing ingredients. Um, apparently Guy Fieri's stuffing involves pepperoni, which is That's interesting in character. Which is an interesting take on stuffing. Have you Not seen, one that... um, there's a video of somebody making Guy Fieri's dumpster fire nachos or whatever they're called and i think about them well every time i'm high i think about them but i think about them a lot (laughs) not because i'm high a lot but i think about them both when i'm high and when i am not high we should make that absolutely yeah i think they're called garbage can nachos because they're formed in a coffee like a big coffee ground container um the ingredients to be prepped for the stuffing are cilantro Blackened, the blackened peppers, the garlic, and scallions, which sounds like a great base for just about anything, especially if you like cilantro, which I do. I don't like cilantro. I'd leave it out, but... You're valid. We could use parsley instead, which <laughs> my dad... My dad, one year for Passover... So for Passover, a section of the Seder, the, the meal, is you dip parsley or some other bitter herb in salt water... Um, one, to remind you of the spring, and two, to remind you of the tears that your ancestors shed in slavery, which is the whole point of Passover. It's how the Jews got out of slavery and left Egypt. And one year, my mother was like, Rob, I forgot the, that's my dad's name, was like, Rob, I forgot the, 
the 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 parsley you have to go to the store and get the parsley and he comes back with cilantro and my mom goes honey this is cilantro and he says what it looks like parsley she says did you smell it and he goes no why would i have smelled it and she said so then you would have known that it was cilantro and he said can't we just put it on the table nobody's gonna notice (laughs) (laughs) to which my mom said yeah i guess you're probably right about that I'm one of those cilantro and soap people, and they taste nothing alike to me. No, nothing alike. They don't taste anything alike to a normal person either. Because they're they're a different herb. Anyway, um, but it was really funny because I feel like, looking back on it, I feel like they're the epitome of that um, sound of, they're not going to know. How are they going to know? They're going to know. They're not going to know. How would they know? That was my parents, but it was parsley and cilantro. So they... Incredible. They put all of the those ingredients with a little bit of lemon or lime juice in a pan. And um, the last step of this involves deglazing the pan with a fourth a cup of tequila, which, like, sounds great to me. <laughs> Is this, I, like, a the, big meal? Because it's, it's sounding big. like a big meal. It's big. You know that thing of where you, um, when you drink, it's easier to speak another language? I was talking mm. with my roommate about this, and we were talking about, what if we just got drunk before our language classes? <laughs> what if we just, like, took a shot? And my roommate was like, this is not Lainey, this is my roommate Riley, which I feel like she'll be fine with, eh, whatever. Well, eh. She'll be fine with it. Um, with, fuck, wait, where was I going? Oh, she was like, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess getting drunk at, like, I guess taking a shot at, like, 1230 isn't that bad. And I was like, 1230, my class meets at 945. (laughs) I'm not getting day drunk. I'm getting morning drunk. And then she was like, you can have a mimosa. And I was like, hmm? That's that's classy morning drunk. That's a classy morning drunk. That's the only reason brunch exists. Um, I don't know. I This can't be true anymore, but it used to be true that you had to get a separate special alcohol license to serve alcohol before noon in Massachusetts. I don't know if it's real, but boy, oh boy, does it sound absolutely correct. Well, I know it is to a degree real because I have worked at a bar, and we were not allowed to serve alcohol before noon. Yeah. Oh my god. But I don't know I'm... if that was like a... I don't know why that rule was... Like, I, I know why, but I don't know at what level that rule was instituted. Protestantism. That's why. Well, I, I don't Any... know if it's like a Massachusetts law or a mm, like a mm-hmm. county... Excuse yeah. me. Well, I have definitely continue. had a mimosa at brunch before in Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. I haven't because when I turned 21, I haven't in the United States. I did when I was in Germany. But um, when I came back, I was not yet legal to drink. And also we were in the middle of a global pandemic. Yeah. So no drinky drinks for me. Anyway, when um, I was finally 20 once... in Europe, I bought an espresso martini in a can. Damn. That's the life. <laughs> For brunch, because they were having they were having brunch wine, and I don't like wine. Oh no, 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 they were having breakfast ale. That's what it was. 
And you definitely can't have ale. I can't have ale. So instead, I had an espresso martini out of a can. That sounds really good, though. Should we get back to Flavortown, though? Yes, I would love to. So I've never done this before. I've seen it done with, like, chicken. But where you, like... (sighs) The best way of saying it is you finger the chicken. (laughs) But you have to create a space between the skin of the bird... Oh, yes, yes, yes. ...and the, the meat. And it makes for really really good chicken skin or bird skin or whatever it makes it really crispy and you can Mm -hmm. shove stuff in there so i guess in order this is what the pepper mixture is for because you shove that underneath the skin of the turkey which sounds amazing it sounds delicious there's no way to describe it that sounds pleasant No, fingering really is the best way to describe it even even just saying you shove it under the skin is just it's nasty. I decided, yeah. And then finally, at last, it says, at last, I placed the turkey in the um, oven at 400 degrees. This looks like a beautiful turkey. I'm looking at pictures of the turkey now. It's beautiful. Um, she, while the turkey rested after it came out of the oven, um, how long did it cook for? Let's see if she says. Um, no. Um, she made a jus. She made a me. That's not funny. Um, it took me longer than <laughs> I should have to understand what you were saying. <laughs> she made a, a jus with the pan drippings. Um, I've never made a jus. So let's move on to cranberry sauce. Um, I Is this a kind con- I just realized that my aunt's cranberry sauce isn't going to be at Thanksgiving this year. And I'm genuinely disappointed. Okay, are you a homemade cranberry sauce or a canned cranberry sauce? Yes. Homemade. Correct. The only cranberry sauce I've ever had is my aunt's, which she Mm. brings every year, and she is the cranberry sauce lady. And Mm. her cranberry sauce is so good. Nobody tell her I said that. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. You can tell her that I love her cranberry sauce. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I, my family is, I like homemade cranberry sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, my school does a cranberry sauce that's really good, like my college. Um, uh, before like Thanksgiving and Christmas break, there's a really big fancy dinner, um, that the school does, and they have like really fun food, and it's usually like Thanksgivingy or holidayy, and they have a really good cranberry sauce. My brother, however, is a, um, a cranberry sauce purist and will only eat the stuff out of the can which how is that pure i don't know i don't know don't look at me i don't know this is my brother you know him he's my brother Mm -hmm. which i don't know if he'd ever come on the podcast also i found out today um this is totally unrelated Mm -hmm. and i don't remember how i found this out i found out that somebody's real name their somebody's real last name is outlaw Incredible. Yeah. The power. The the power. They literally, I started watching Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood with my friend, and the characters on, this person sounds like, I'll make up a first name so you can't look them up. Um, what's a fun first name? Steve. Steve Outlaw. Damn. The name Steve is just so boring, but the last name Outlaw is so good. But anyway, in Billy Full Metal Alchemist. Billy Outlaw. Billy Outlaw. 
in Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, the two two of the main characters, one of them is um, one of them is Roy Mustang, and the other one is Riza Hawkeye, and they're amazing, and it's very good. Um, and um, Lainey, if you're listening, this one's for you because I've been watching it for her with her, and in exchange, I'm bullying her into watching Korra. <laughs> incredible i love Cora. um anyway cranberry sauce although it was labeled as easy the red devil cranberries recipe looks complicated and i was really hoping it would pay off also hang on i'm i have a link to the recipe i just want to read what's in the recipe why is it called the red devil oh because it's got chipotle pepper and adobo sauce in it oh my god that sounds amazing and a serrano, a minced serrano chili pepper. Oh. See, my brother doesn't like spice. He would not mm-hmm. like this. I would like this. I like um, spice. But you went through the classic process of making a cranberry sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, hang on, I'm going to burp. Uh, a little one. Um, and the classic process of making a cranberry sauce, but with the added, with the additions of lots of spice. Um, and I think this would smell fucking amazing. And I would make this for, like, a chicken. Mmm. Or, like, to put on a turkey burger. Oh, With some my- Swiss cheese. I don't like Swiss cheese, but you're valid. Or pepper jack. I do like pepper jack. All right. Guy Fieri's pepperoni stuffing required a lot of prep. We're here we're here at, I think, what is probably the most buckwild recipe on this list. <laughs> um, because never in my life... I found out that people put, like, sausage in their stuffing the other day, mm-hmm. and it blew my mind. Do you not? Because... No. What, no. What do, you, what, do you, what do you put in stuffing? Our Because classics... I, I feel like there's a zillion, like... There's, like five classes of stuff maybe fewer this is my great grandmother's recipe mm-hmm. so it's it doesn't have any like porkiness in it because mm-hmm. a lot i know a lot of people put porky stuff in it but as i have said many 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 times i am jewish mm-hmm. not that i keep kosher even remotely but um this our stuffing is mushrooms onions the bread obviously mm-hmm. and then the addition that my mom puts in we put in apples and walnuts nice my family does like nuts, rice, sausage, like meat, like ground meat mm. mixed with sausage. Um, I don't know what else is in there. I know there's like nuts and rice. No bread. I was in this. No bread. Um, Interesting. I was in the South. I was in Kentucky. Well, technically it was Indiana, which is not the South. But I was in Kentucky last year for Thanksgiving. Um. <clears throat> I had to spend con- my, they did two Thanksgivings because people, big families, you know, mm-hmm. um, and one of them was at a fucking police lodge and I literally wanted to die the entire time I was there. I've never had a more uncomfortable experience eating mm-hmm. food in my entire life. Anyway, cousin, if you're listening, um... I'm uncomfortable around you. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> we don't but, have to talk um, about the this. The stuffing. The stuffing. So in the stuffing, it's um, yellow onions, pepperoncini, red pepper, uh, celery, garlic, sun-dried tomatoes. This sounds really good. This sounds like a pizza. Um, 
in a separate bowl, breadcrumbs, parsley, green onions, uh, and in a different bowl, scrambled eggs. What? <laughs> With pepper and paprika. Scrambled eggs. Interesting. Interesting decisions that Guy Fieri is making. I mean, he did have like 20 years of culinary experience before he became Guy before he became the Guy Fieri. He also his big thing is going to all different places and trying different people's weird food. So like I think I've come to a realization in terms of the scrambled eggs. Mm-hmm. I think just whisked. Ah. I don't I don't think the eggs are are cooked and scrambled. Okay. Because that makes you know way you, more sense. Because in our stuffing we do add an egg to our stuffing before it goes in the oven to bake. An egg beaten as opposed to a scrambled egg. Um I found out a couple months ago that one of my friends did not know what creaming butter and sugar together meant. So we have a friend <laughs> and he is wonderful and I love him dearly. Wait, we were who are making... you about to talk about? What? Who are you about to talk about? Um, you can put it put it in the chat. I'll, I'll, I'll just say it. One time when we were making we were making ice cream for an event, um, and I was kind of running the kitchen and he was doing other things. Like he was, I was giving him instructions and he was following them, and I mm-hmm. was like, beat the milk until stiff peaks form, like you do when you're making ice cream. Yeah. And he got confused because the milk was cream. Um, so he went looking for milk milk. And oh, the only no. thing that he found that was labeled milk in the recipe was the sweetened condensed milk. No. Oh, no. <laughs> so he attempted for like 15 minutes to beat the con- sweetened condensed milk until fluffy. And he was like, cat, this isn't working. What am I doing wrong? And I'm like, what's that? And he's like, it's the milk. <laughs> it's like, oh, is that the no. sweetened condensed milk that you've been beating? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, I sh- you know what? This one's on me. I should have said the cream. Oh, man. So we poured the like awkwardly bubbly condensed milk <laughs> back into a, like a like into like a bowl, I think. And then put the cream in the bowl for him to beat. Oh, my God. That's hysterical. That's so funny. Anyway, the, um, there was also turkey stock in the stuffing. Mm -hmm. Um, cooking the stuffing, standard, 350 oven, 13 by 9 pan, um, covered in foil, cooked until great. Um, garnished with Parmesan cheese and more pepperoni. Incredible. I'm not going to lie. This actually sounds really good. This sounds really good. I don't know if I'd want it for Thanksgiving, though. Oh, yeah. There's, it doesn't really have, so far, very little of the things you have described have, like, classic Thanksgiving vibes. But they all sound very good, and they sound like they'd be really good together. Yes. The thing about maybe thing also about with like a glass food, of milk. Yeah. The thing about Thanksgiving food, as Sola Alhueli says on her episode where she makes Thanksgiving food, is that it is salt and pepper cooking. Mm-hmm. Like when it comes down to it, the stuff that gives Thanksgiving food flavor is like herbs and salt and pepper. So there's a lot of really good, really mild flavors. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's good to kick it up. And we are on to the mashed potatoes. Um, yes. The mashed potato the recipe. I fuck up mashed potatoes so hard. So hard. And they're one of only my go-tos in- was like, one of my go-tos in the dining hall at school is I would get, like, the, like, buffet-style dining halls is I would get, if they if there was an option for mashed potatoes, I would get mashed potatoes, and then I would get whatever other, like, meat sauce or, like, whatever the, like, protein, the hot protein was that was supposed to go with pasta, I would put it on my mashed mm. potatoes. Listen, I love my family very much, but they are a mashed potato at Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving only family. And I can't abide by that because it's incorrect. So we don't do a lot of mashed potatoes in my family, but when I'm sick, my dad's go-to. So my mom's go-to is uh, Avgo Lemono Greek soup with rice instead of orzo. Like a, a traditional kind of uh, sick food. My Preaching dad, to the choir, matzo ball soup, baby. My dad's go-to when I'm when I was sick when I was little and he would cook for me is mashed potatoes from a box. So mm. I have very fond memories of like boxed mashed potatoes, specifically in the context of like a comfort food when you're not feeling well. Mm. What a great comfort food. I will never, much like matzo ball soup, I will never say no to matzo ball soup, ever, ever in my entire life. If somebody came up to me, a stranger on the street, and said, here, this is a thing of matzo ball soup, and they handed me a mason jar full of matzo ball soup, I'd say, thank you so much, you kind stranger. I will be having this for dinner tonight. Have you? This is an invitation. If we ever have live shows again, if we ever have live shows... If we are ever able to ever have a live show and people want to bring me matzo ball soup, I will eat it. I'll never say no. Unfortunately, Kat, we'll have to get gluten-free matzo balls, which, I don't know. They're usually made with, like, bread crummy kind of thing. They're, like, crackery kind of things. I I think the only time, I think I've had matzo ball soup maybe once in my entire life. And it was... I'm going to make you gluten-free matzo ball soup this, this year. That's sweet. One of my friends, or one of my sister's friends, Manischewitz my... makes a gluten-free matzo ball mix. That's all you need. Hell Listen, yeah. The thing about making good matzo balls is um, just read the Manischewitz box. That's it. If you want the matzo balls to be really good. The soup is a little more complicated, but anyway. I've had it once in my life, and it was one of my sister's friends invited my whole family, like their family invited my whole family over for... Oh, I'm blanking Passover? on what it's called. No, no, uh, it's like a like a reg, not a regular, but like a like a kind of like Shabbat? a Shabbat. Yes, <laughs> I was like reaching, reaching, reaching. Where is it? Uh huh. <laughs> um, yeah, invited my family over for a Shabbat, and uh, we had like her, my sister's friend's mom's matzo ball soup was the first thing we had, and I literally mm. I remember being like, "Can I just eat this for dinner?" And they were like. If you want to, but we also have this delicious food. And I was like, you, but you don't, you don't need anything other than like, I say this also soup is like the best food in the world. One. The other thing is if somebody told me you can only get matzo ball, this is a matzo ball soup recipe that uses potatoes instead of matzo balls. And I'm not into that. 
Um, just get the Manischewitz gluten-free matzo ball mix. That's all you need. Anyway, um, if somebody was like, you can only eat one food from Jewish culture for the rest of your life, I would say matzo ball soup, no ifs, ands, or buts. That's all I need. That's all you need. That's it. If I was, I'm trying to think, like, what Greek food. Like, my gut instinct is to go with spanakopita, because that's delicious wonderful i can't technically eat it <laughs> like i shouldn't yeah because <laughs> there's there's no such thing as gluten-free phyllo no matter how Yet. badly i wish there was no matter how Yet. many times i try to make it well you you can't get dough yeah. that thin without gluten yeah like every I've, I've read a lot of recipes i've tried a lot of recipes i've read a lot like all of the like approximations of phyllo are like this thick, which is way too thick for Philo. Yep. Should we get like, back to Should we get back to this? Yes. <laughs> Guy Fieri. We the thing the problem with talking about food on our podcast is I could just talk about it forever. Oh yeah. We both could. Maybe maybe that could be one of our Patreon tiers. We talk about our favorite recipes. Maybe next week we should just talk about food with our moms. Oh. Oh, yes. I told my mom to start looking for articles. <laughs> Are we making our moms bring articles? <laughs> I was going to make my mom bring an article. I think that'd be fun. I think that would be too much pressure for my mom. That's okay. That's okay. okay. It might be too much pressure for my mom as well. Anyway, the um, mashed potato recipe, Guy Fieri's mashed potatoes, also involved diced Granny Smith apples, which mm. like, that sounds like it could be amazing. I love a, a sweet and salty, a sweet and spicy. Mm. Boy, oh boy. Um, and then other than that, it's a pretty classic um, mashed potato recipe. You got the potatoes. You got the dairy. You, you got, got the, the salt and pepper and potatoes. I think apples would be really good, too, though. That mm-hmm. sounds amazing. The pecan pie. We are on to it. Yes. Pecan pie is one of my favorite desserts, and it seemed like this was the only recipe without a classic Fieri twist. It seemed. Because let's be honest, it's, this is me talking, not the article. Pecan pie is one of those pies that's like, no matter how you do it, it's just good. Unless you really fuck it up. Or if you're allergic to nuts. That too. (laughs) If you can eat pecan pie, <laughs> it's pretty good. I used to not like pecan pie because I thought it was too sweet. And then I got over myself and realized I was wrong. I love a, I love a sweet dessert. Yeah. I have well, a really so, big sweet tooth. The way my mom makes whipped cream is that it's not super, super sweet. So her whipped cream is pretty mild. In terms of, like, sweetness. So it really mellows out the flavor of a pecan pie. Oh, if you, like me, shouldn't have dairy and you love whipped cream, Trader Joe's has a coconut whipped topping that comes at, like, it, it's, you don't have to do anything. It comes in a can just like store-bought whipped cream. You just shake the can and spray it, which is wow. revolutionary for coconut whipped topping because normally you have to make it yourself. Um, and it is I remember not making coconut sweet. whip topping with you. I remember doing that, and it was a process. Yes. A good, tasty process, but a process nonetheless. You have to wait. You have to leave 
the can in the fridge overnight for it to solidify for the uh, coconut fat to solidify yeah okay so pecan pie pecan pie so my mother always roughly chops our mm. pecans in our pecan pie guy fieri calls for finely chopped pecans in his pecan pie and then more pecans and <laughs> this is the quote from this section of the article that I will choose to read. This process was very annoying, and I was sick of chopping pecans. Valid. Um, um, and then they have to decorate the whole top of the pie with more pecans. And then put the pecan in the oven. And finally, feast was complete, and she was ready to eat. Excellent. But I had some thoughts while setting the table. We have spent 40 minutes talking about this, and I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> um, thought one. I started with the mean green turkey machine, which was a juicy dream. Chelsea Davis, you are a poet. A poet and a scholar. Um, even though the turkey was a huge endeavor, it came out incredibly tender and delicious. The skin was a beautiful golden brown color to it, and it was... And even enough breast, and even the breast meat was succulent and not dry at all. Nice. The pepperoni stuffing tasted like a loaded pizza. Excellent. If you like traditional stuffing recipes, you may not like this one. <laughs> this stuffing tastes like a deliciously salty, indulgent pepperoni pizza. It tastes like if a delicious, salty, indulgent pepperoni pizza had a baby with a not so creamy chicken pot pie. Damn. Um, the flavors of this were great, and my family loved it, too. I would make it this gorgeous and colorful dish again, even if it was just to photograph it. The mashed potatoes did not need their nice. star ingredient of of apples. Said the addition made no sense, and it seemed like... The chef who created the recipe got confused midway through making mashed potatoes and mistakenly thought they were baking an apple pie. The apple chunks weren't bad, but they were unnecessary. I still want to try it. The Red Devil Cranberries were a huge win and surprising crowd favorite, as they should be. They sound so good. If I didn't have three dishes to make tonight... In addition to doing some editing for my mom for a project that we worked on, I would make it tonight. Yeah, it sounds really good. I wish my family liked spicy food more. Mm. The Red Devil Cranberries was not the easiest sauce to make. In fact, I was borderline mad. It was so complicated until I tasted it and was like shocked by its spicy, savory flavor. Normally, cranberry sauce is just sweet and gelatinous, but this blew me away. It had a great balanced balance of sweetness and spiciness, and it paired so well with the turkey and jus. Nice. Oh, it's au jus. Au jus. Au jus. This fantastically complex sauce was 100% worth the extra time and effort to make it. And, as always, the southern pecan pie was divine. Nice. And she said, finally, I would make everything again with uh, slight tweaks and much more preparation. I am so happy you brought that. I'm so glad we got to talk about food. 
Yeah. I was thinking about bringing like a something about Thanksgiving. I found a lot of stuff about Thanksgiving, but none of it was like right. And I was like hoping you were going to bring something good about Thanksgiving. And you did. And it was wonderful. And it was good news. I believe. Fun fact, I just looked up Guy. I Googled Guy Fieri because I was like, I bet he's got something going on that we can talk about. (laughs) I love that for you. I love that for him. I'm so happy. Now um, I'm really so, I'm really excited to get Thanksgiving food for dinner tomorrow night. I can't oh, wait. Yes, I'm very excited for Thanksgiving. Um, so you heard the good news about period, period products. products. My mom was on the news. We're getting a new intro. Um, pandas in Germany. Pandas in Germany. Yoda in space. Baby Yoda. Guy in Fieri. Space. Guy Fieri. As a concept. It's good news. It's good news. So Maybe I believe should... it's safe to say that you have heard the good news. I think it is safe to say that. I hope everybody had a wonderful and safe Thanksgiving. Um, I hope will... everybody has good leftovers to eat um, mm. before, during, or after listening to this. <laughs> Enjoy your favorite Thanksgiving treat now or later. And... Um, Thanks for listening. Thanks and for listening. I think, think it's safe to say that we are thankful to... I know we don't have a huge listener base, but... We, we are, are thankful, thankful to everybody who listens. Yeah, it really does mean a lot, and we do see. And, um, yeah. If you want to send us an article on Twitter or uh, email it to us, it is at hyhtgnpodcast uh, at gmail.com or... At HYHTGN podcast on Twitter. I have been Sophia. My fun fact this week was that my back hurt. I have been Kat. My fun fact this week is we have a new intro. Um, bye. I love you. Bye.